I think the biggest surprise out of all of this, quite frankly, and I love the conversation. I think the biggest surprise is it was a respectful conversation in the promotional products professionals Facebook page where well people done, disagreed. Well done. Turn off your mind, relax, and float downstream while listening to episode 83 of the Promo Upfront podcast. I am one of your hosts, Bill Petrie. With me, as always, the Brigadier General of Badges, the one and only King of Kashaktim himself, the one and only Kirby Hossman. Kirby, you're home today, so I think there's a little bit of a weather issue in your area. Yeah, it's a little crazy. And, and if my audio is not as good as normal, I apologize. I did not prepare, um, you know, calling for a big storm or whatever. And uh, we, we've got inches, like, I don't think inches, but a lot of ice, lot, lot, lot of ice. I actually intended to drive into the office today. We've shut down our office, um, but I was going to go in and do the podcast from there. And I literally you couldn't get into my truck. It was iced over. You couldn't walk. I couldn't get back up the sidewalk. And I was like, this is stupid. Bill won't mind if I'm not as well lit today. So, uh, and, and I mean that in a lighting perspective, not a drinking perspective, but I'm, yeah. it's, it's, it's been an interesting morning. How are you doing, bud? I'm doing great. Actually, I finally think I'm over the, I, I was never diagnosed with COVID, but although I'm pretty sure I had it, um, I'm pretty much over the COVID cough, which I feel really good about because I've been coughing as you will attest to, nonstop for the past five, six weeks. Yeah. Um, I'll have an occasional cough here and there, but it means that if you're watching the podcast, you won't see me hastily try to mute my audio <laughs> while I you know, cough up a lung. Uh, doing well, we're expected to get a little bit of that frozen precipitation. And we were talking before the podcast, growing up in the South, we get ice and people in the North always make fun of how you should get shut down because there's so little precipitation. Ice is very different than snow people. Yeah. Ice is no joke. I'm just hoping, please tell me you got to the hospital today to have your breakfast. No, no, absolutely not. I couldn't, I didn't oh, leave my driveway. Man. So, no, so, 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 so I will tell you, I have, I have for these occasions, I have breakfast bowls that th those are my, like, I have a plan in place yeah. in case I can't get to the hospital. Well, you want a few things out of breakfast, right? You want some nutrition. You want something tasty, get you going in the day. I get that. So the breakfast bowls are fine. But you know what, Kirby? Clients are starting to, they, they want a few things out of their branded merchandise. Mm -hmm. You know, they want quality. Yeah. They want value. Yeah. Got to have price. So they want all three. But when we all know that, but more and more clients are asking for something else. Do you know what that is, Kirby? Am I supposed to fill in the blank or do you want to say it, Bill? Uh, but either one of us, I think it's customization, don't you? Customization is what I was going to say. Well, there you go. <laughs> you know, it, it, we, we all, in a world where brands are seeking to stand out from the crowd and be heard over the noise, and every brand is, mm -hmm. why not help your clients to do exactly that with complete customization from our good pals over at Blue Generation? That's right. Our friends over at Blue Generation, your home for fashion-forward apparel in the promotional products industry, has rolled out a line of merchandise that's completely customizable with their sublimation process. Hoodies, and they have collars on inside jackets, pockets for the hoodies, pillows, drawstrings. 
Kirby, I mean, when you have those many options, really the op, the uh, uh, options are limitless yeah. to really make a custom garment at a quality price. Yeah, I think I think as you said, customization is the key, and I think it's the way that you make a branded piece of merchandise really your own. Right, putting yeah. at, at this point, putting your logo on it is sort of like the 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 basics. That's the that's the and and that's still great. But if you want to take it up a notch, the idea of putting you know a pattern that is a step and repeat of your logo or, or something really cool on the inside of your collar. That's yeah. a, a really cool way, as you said, to customize and really take it up a level. Yeah. Great points, Kirby. And even customize drawstrings, just, you know, yeah. some color and things like that. Contrasting colors, great stuff. When the question is complete sublimation, customization, blue generation is completely your answer. So with so many combinations, the end result for your client is truly a one-of-a-kind piece that they're going to treasure for years. So head over to, now this is a little long, folks, but stick with me, bluegeneration.com slash custom dash sublimated dash apparel. And you can see all the amazing options and truly the only restriction is what your imagination is. And so you can partner with your client, come up with something really, really cool. Or you can simply reach out to your Blue Generation rep and they'll be happy to help you out. So complete customization through sublimation from our pals over at Blue Generation. We appreciate their sponsorship. Yeah, it is fun to say. <laughs> kind of a little bit of a, a tongue twister, but uh, you know, it's good to go. All right. So Kirby, you have the upfront section of our podcast today. What are we talking about in the world of promo? So there was a discussion, I believe it was on the promotional products professionals page, and uh, it, the it was a, actually a pretty respectful discussion where essentially somebody came out and said, "Look, I'm I'm considering doing um, a company like a store for my a storefront for my uh, business." So the question was, "Do I do a, hey. an in-house store or do I not do an in-house store?" And I think people had. Um, strong opinions on both sides. Um, I think that's a super interesting discussion as a, as a organization who does normally have an office that I go to. Mm -hmm. um, that's something that I've certainly gone back and forth on. So the, yeah. I guess the question to you today, and I certainly have a, a thoughts and opinions about this, but I wanted yours. What say you, Bill, should you do yeah. that or not? I think it depends. I mean, I see both sides of it. I, you know, having that, I, I love having a place to go. I do work from home. I'm very comfortable working from home, but I'm not going to lie. I do miss having a place to go where everything's completely mine and, and all that. So it's not, but it's more than that. We're talking about a retail storefront here. And so I see the positives in terms of certainly increased traffic and, and maybe a drop in client here and there. I also see the potential pitfalls where you have you know, a lot of distractions. And are those the clients you really want? I think it depends on where you're at. If you're in a real busy, and, and also it kind of matters what your goals are. Yeah. You know, do you want, do you, are you going to cater to that kind of client? Do you have equipment in the back where you're going to do some one-offs and things like that? There's where I think a storefront makes sense, where you can have, do those kind of panic last minute orders for, a child's birthday party in three days. And if you've got some, you know, uh, um, some uh, DTG equipment in the back to do some quick, quick apparel runs, I think it makes sense. I think if you are really focused on corporate clients mm -hmm. and that's your business, it makes no sense to have a retail storefront. I think that would be a distraction. So I think, unfortunately, there's no black or white answer. I think it matters kind of where you live. I think it makes more, much more sense in a smaller town to be honest with you. And then I also think it matters what kind of clients you really want. 
Yeah, no, and I think you're you're right. And, and I'll be honest with you, we've had it both ways. And part of it had to do with space, right? Um, so our first office was really small. We didn't have room, like we barely had room enough to have offices for everybody. And so it really wasn't in the discussion. In our current location, it's a little bigger, you know that. Um, yep. And when we um, opened up, my answer was no. We did not have any, um, we, we had out front, we had a receptionist and there was sort of room for her at the time. And that was what we used that space for when we, um, but what I found is we actually have clients though. We have corporate clients. We have clients who come to us. I have no, not no interest, but I have very little interest in clients rolling in for six t-shirts. Like that's not what I want. Um, but what I found, and this was a total happy accident was we had in, in the old office, I had no room for for samples or anything, right? It was a real problem. Upstairs in our office, we had rows of samples. And so I had room for it. And my thought was, well, now our salespeople can see it, right? Well, when clients would come to see me upstairs, they would come toward my office and I have a big, long kind of walkway to get to, to me. They couldn't help but stop. It was fascinating to me to watch that they were like, ooh, what's this? So you got, oh, I didn't know you guys did this. And it was a totally yeah. organic thing. And so we have evolved ours. I wouldn't call it a, a store or anything like that. It's just in our lobby. We have samples of cool projects, not the inexpensive ones, but the, the really awesome t-shirt that is super soft. We, you know, the custom safety stuff that we've done, highlighting print stuff that we've done so that when they're waiting for me or waiting for the person they're meeting, that they, they tend to look around and just touch and feel that's how we use it. And it's been good. It's not distracting at all. Um, Probably to a fault, we don't update it as much as we should. Um, But for that, for us, it works. But it's not a huge focus. It's just like, hey, it's like a, a lobby of samples. Does that make sense? It does. And I think you hit on something I really like, and I'll touch on it in just a second. I I love the idea of having a physical place where you have a showroom. I do think that's still better use. That's that's what I I think that still works. And what you hit on something, and I think it's a happy accident. And I have been to your office and it is kind of a long hallway Mm -hmm. and there are samples up there. Think about when you leave a museum, you go through a museum, they always make you go through the gift store. <laughs> and I think if you, in, or, or, you know, if you're or in a casino, we all been to Vegas. Yeah. When you go through, want to get to a restaurant, you got to go through the casino generally. And so I think there's some merit to really thinking about having a physical place, but the design is to get to the meeting room, whether that's your office, a dedicated meeting space or whatever, or it's in the showroom itself. Yeah. You have to either go through the showroom or meet in the showroom. Yeah, I like we, that. I haven't thought about that in years, but we used to do that in our old halo office 5,000 years ago <laughs> when I first started in the industry in year 2000, believe it or not, our showroom was where we had our meetings mm-hmm. and it was amazing. Now, granted, you have to keep up with the showroom and there's work involved in that, but it's work that pays off. And I love the fact that you put your uh, probably more cool projects, your higher end merchandise in your storefront window. So it's kind of very casual advertising for you, um, but it's not like inviting you to come in to get, you know, 15 t-shirts for the Johnson family picnic. Yeah. And that's, and again, it's not, there's nothing wrong with that. There's a lot of people who no. build amazing business. It's not the business you want though. Not what I want. So yeah, it's, it's, it, 
it, I think, you know, there, as you said, there's no black and white. And I think for us, we spend a little time in the gray on this and it works for us. I think the biggest surprise out of all of this, quite frankly, and I love the conversation. I think the biggest surprise is it was a respectful conversation in the promotional products professionals, Facebook page where people disagreed. Well done. (laughs) See, maybe we can have nice things. Okay. Kirby. Speaking of nice things, I'm sure you saw this. It's kind of a more big branding discussion, kind of a business discussion, but uh, it's an important one because it's been so visible. The Washington football team um, has announced their, as of yesterday, they announced their name change and their logo change. So for anyone who's not familiar with the National Football League or this process, uh, the NFL or uh, the Washington uh, football team changed their name about two years ago, maybe 18 months ago, from the Redskins, which they had been since 1932, I believe, mm-hmm. to just football team as they went through this process of trying to figure out what they wanted to be called. Now, and, hey, some of the I, finalists... Can I just yeah, say please. something really quick? I was sure. really surprised, and I, I want to get to this. I apologize, but this is... Yeah. I was really surprised at how quickly I took, and I feel like like football fans took to the idea of just calling them the Washington football team. I thought when that came out that I was going to hate that with all of my being. And mm-hmm. I was just like, eh, I don't, but by now I'm like, don't change it. It's fine. <laughs> See, I kind of hated it. Okay. I'll be honest with you. I never, I never oh. warmed up to me, but that's, I just, we should talk about that. So the finalists were Armada, Brigade, Defenders, Commanders, Presidents, Red Hogs, Red Wolves, and football team. Um, they have the same sc- color scheme. Um, when they went to football, when they went to football team, they put the numbers on the sides of the helmets. Now it's just going to be a, a, a abstractish W. Um, and, and so, and some one on one iteration, it's actually on the front of it. So I want to ask you this, their goal with rebranding was to push aside and make amends for what many feel was a very racist, nickname for native americans one did it accomplish that but number two they also wanted to keep uh hold on to some of their traditions hold on to the history of the organization did they achieve that with washington commanders and in keeping the same same color scheme yeah and, and keeping in mind like i don't get this worked up about stuff like this for the most part okay um but i think it has to do with whether it's your team or not so i'll certainly concede that but from my perspective, yeah, I think they did. I, I actually, I like the name. I think it makes sense. I, I, it, there's a lot of ways they could have gone that I think would have been stupid. This was one when it came out, I was just like, oh, okay, I like that. I mean, immediately you're thinking, okay, hashtag take command. I could, I, like, there's a bunch yeah. of things that I could, I, I, the color scheme, I think keeping that the same made sense. Yeah. Um, commanders is cool. That's fine. I dig that. And then um, I think that that's one of those things where immediately the, you know, sort of the branding and, and merchandise brain jumps in and is like, oh yeah, we could have some fun with that. So I personally, two thumbs up. I think it was a success. I think, it, I think it's okay. I think it's safe. And that's, by the way, not a criticism. Yeah. That's not a criticism. You, you, you don't, I mean, I, I think you would have had some issues with Armada. Mm-hmm. I think you would have had issues. A lot of, a lot of them. I always still like the Washington Senators. I, I love that. Uh, you know, there was a baseball team called that turned into the Texas Rangers, by yeah. the way. But before that, there there was a Washington Senators that turned into the Minnesota Twins. But that's beside the point. <laughs> I always like the name Washington Senators or something funny about that to me. I, I just love that. Um, Commanders safe. Um, it does kind of 
there's a big military, it got military tie-in, which I, I don't have any issue with. Um, I, I think they had to keep that same color scheme. Sure. Um, I don't know if that was ever up for debate or not. I think it was safe. It sounds weird now. Mm-hmm. Really, it does. Like Washington Commanders, it sounds like some sort of made-up team in a, in a B, <laughs> B movie. Yeah, uh, but so did the Dallas Mavericks when they started. That sounded sure. weird. Or the Orlando Magic. And now we all just accept all of those things. So over time, we'll accept it. Just like you said, you accepted football team. I never did. I thought that was a weird way to go. I understood why they did it, why they did it immediately. Um, it was they, they, they made that decision to do that. If they had kept Washington football team, to me, that would have been just so dumb and tricked up. I think it would have been in five, I think in five years, we would have been right back here and they would have had a new name. I do. I don't think they would have kept it forever. Yeah, that's fine. But what was funny to me about it was I, again, I was immediately when they were like calling it the Washington football team, I was like, really? Um, That was my initial reaction. And what I found was how quickly the Washington football team was completely different from every other thing. Like it immediately differentiated. You could just say the football team and I knew what you were talking about, which up until that point, that would not have been the case when they were doing highlights on ESPN and they'd say, you know, you know, will the football team, blah, blah, blah. I was like, huh. I was surprised at how quickly my brain went. Yeah. Okay. It's Um, it's very clunky. Commanders thing. Like in in a year that will, this will not be a thing. Yeah. Football team just always is very clunky to me. So I never moved past the really stage. Um, I just, it just, it, you know, I don't know. I don't know. So interesting conversation. All cool. right, Kirby, you got another topic for us? Yeah. Um, so uh, Peloton. <laughs> uh, so uh-huh, Peloton. Okay. That, yeah. They've right. had some struggles, buddy. Yeah, they sure have. It's been a, a challenging couple of months. Right. Um, yeah. But uh, I saw an article that talked about buried mm-hmm. in the doom and gloom of that, all these reports yeah. that was a staggering statistic, ahead. right? Yeah. Uh, it, Peloton's 2021 branded apparel revenue topped mm-hmm. $100 million. It doubled their 2020. Um, after yeah. launching its private label in September of last year, they partnered yeah. with megastars like Beyonce and continued collaborating. Mm-hmm. I, I think... for whatever reason that was really interesting to me that when i think of peloton i'm like okay it's bikes and it's bikes you can't get right all that sort of thing um but i had no idea a hundred million dollars that is an incredible number when you talk about branded apparel so i I didn't know a if you'd seen it and b what your thoughts Mm -hmm. were I did see that. And I thought, wow, what an incredible number. And so there is actually a portion of their company they haven't mismanaged. Because um, <laughs> you look at the, the the popularity or the seeming popularity of Peloton, it boggles my mind how they're just, you know, burning money. I mean, they're, they're just not, they're not, they're not profitable and they have all these issues. And then you see a number like that. And you talk about, and there's probably a lot more in there than you and I really understand in terms of a case study and in, in, in bringing, creating a brand within a brand that does something different, or but it's related to. I think it's fantastic. I think, I, you know, it's a fantastic story about what the power of branded merchandise can do. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I don't know what their profit loss statement is, but man, if I'm in marketing, I'm talking about that all day long. I don't want to talk about the bike. I don't want to talk about the competitors who have the same bike at half the price. I don't want to talk about the the, the TV characters who have had heart attacks and died on a Peloton. Yeah. I don't want to talk about any of that. 
let's talk about our apparel line because we doubled sales last year, kids. Um, I think it's incredible. And that's what, again, sorry, I'm going to go back to this mismanagement of the company in, in how you have this bright spot in, in sales and marketing, but the company's still not, not doing well. You have an extraordinary, this shows the loyalty, the yeah. fervent loyalty of their fan base. Yeah. What's going on there? What yeah. is it? Is a pricing issue? I don't know, but what a cool, cool story. That's a lot of merchandise. This is, I don't know what Lulu, uh, Lulumon sells, but that's a lot. Yeah. Well, it's, so what was interesting to me is we had this discussion a month or so ago when we talked about, uh, the tweet that, that I'd seen that said that you don't have a brand until people will pay for your merchandise. Yeah. Again, yeah. I, I kind of came back on that and, and kind of agreed with you that that's not yeah. a, a perfect, uh, they wear your merchandise. Yeah, they, use they wear. Yeah, absolutely. That being said. <laughs> yeah, uh-oh, uh-oh. If you... Are you backtracking from a retracking, from a backtracking? I'm not. I, I still think that a, if your customers and your tribe are willing to, to front yeah. your gear, that obviously that's awesome. But yeah. the, the pinnacle of the mountain to really say that you have a legacy brand is to say that you've mm -hmm. done $100 million in branded apparel. That's a brand. That's, that's incredible. Yes. The concern I have though, in four years and three years, will it even exist? Will sure. it exist under some other company that they bought it? I don't know. You know, it, it doesn't have staying power, but right now, hundred percent, you're right. hundred percent. All right, Kirby, good topic. Um, real quick one. And then let's uh, move on. Okay. I, I don't know if you saw this Oscar Meyer face mask. Um, <laughs> it's, it's an interesting thing. So it's not a face mask like what we would wear during a pandemic. It's an actual beauty face mask, okay? okay? It's not made of bologna. It looks like bologna. It's made of hydrogel, contains witch hazel botanicals and seaweed-derived ingredients to protect and hydrate your skin. Comes in the same packaging as Oscar Mayer bologna. So the packaging is genius. Mm -hmm. um, and and I, and I think, it, I'm like, why aren't more brands doing something like this? Mm -hmm. Having a little fun with your brand expanding your reach a little bit you can buy it on amazon right now if you look under oscar meyer face mask it's 4.99 for for one of these hydrogel face masks okay, and, and it's a little creepy yeah it's a little creepy looking and you, you know it's got a little hannibal lecter to it but but i'm like what a really ingenious way to kind of have again have fun with your brand um it, it's it's not a joke i mean it's it's an actual skincare product and it's been you know tested and so on and so forth why aren't more brands doing this kirby how, how can we help how can we as an industry help grand, brands grow horizontally because we are always focused on the vertical always on the vertical why don't we think more of the horizontal well i think because it is that's out of the box i mean it, it not everybody and not every brand is comfortable with that right um it's funny because as you know my youngest daughter's an esthetician so like the yeah. my, my wheels are turning i'm like i can't wait to tell jade about this product i'll send um, you i'll send you the link you can just order it yeah please do i'm, I'm totally serious about that um but I think it was funny. It reminds me of a discussion. I think it was Jeremy Picker did at the latest SKUCon where he talked about okay. different collections. And, and it, I think this will tie in. So um, Jeff Wickerham, one of my sales team was on that call and he was fascinated by that. And so he was looking through his notes and he showed his wife the uh, Crocs that were like the Kentucky fried chicken Crocs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like a totally a total departure. Jeff- yeah. And his wife were like, those look gross. 
those are weird. I don't like them. And his 11 year old daughter walked by and said, Ooh, I want those. Yep. And I think oh, yeah. it was such it, a light bulb went off in his head immediately. And he was like, okay, maybe there's something there. And I think that's the part that these brands that are doing this creative stuff are getting yeah. that it's just taking folks a little while to catch up to. And I think it has to do with whether you're willing to put yourself out there in a different way as a brand. Well, I and I think as promotional products professionals and as salespeople and, or marketing people, you know, it, it's, it's incumbent upon us if we see opportunities for, for a horizontal, man, talk about adding value to your client, even if they don't take the idea, even if they don't use it. You mean like an apparel line for a fitness company? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, that's exactly what I mean. Yeah. Why not do those things? Why not? We don't think enough in our industry, sadly. <laughs> and I don't mean that as a, we don't though. We are busy just, this is what the client wants, is what they always get. Da, da, da. We don't stop and think about how can I materially partner with this company to grow their business? Oh, and by the way, I'll benefit from it too, right? Yeah, right. But again, these are great examples of, of ways to think about. I never would have thought of that. That's genius. Yeah, it's super. But there are so many products you can look at in our industry that, are uh, maybe a little different, maybe a little uh, quirky, and we could probably find some applications for those in, in companies that you wouldn't normally think and how they can uh, do some horizontal growth. Yeah, I dig it. That's, that's, that's a fun topic, man. All right, Kirby, let's do a quick little, I'm going to bring it back. I'm bringing it back. Bringing okay. it back to a little rant. It is called random rapid fire. It's going to be okay. very quick. There are, are no right or wrong answers here. There's okay. no theme here. I just thought of literally about 12 different things, either or, and I just want your opinion. Okay. I haven't done this in a long time. I love it. You can explain if you want. You don't have to. Again, okay. no wrong answers. FedEx or UPS? I think most of the time I go UPS. Okay. Backpack or fanny pack? Hmm. Backpack for me. I, 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 do, okay. I do appreciate the fanny pack these days. That it's like, like I think that it needs rebranded because it's a terrible name for a product. But from a runner's perspective, having something like that that's not huge to carry around is actually pretty functional. Maybe we should rebrand, rebrand it to the pooch pouch, okay? <laughs> All right. Uh, Whataburger or In-N-Out? Uh, I, <laughs> this is going to send you over the edge. I've never been to either one, so I don't know. <laughs> at, least for the merchandise, at least for the merchandise genius, you have to say Whataburger, but that's okay. okay. Whatever you say. Um, Beatles or Rolling Stones? Oh, Beatles all day. Okay. Driver or putter? Driver. Okay. Speaker or headphones? I think I use headphones more often. I like to be in my own space. Okay. Hamburgers or hot dogs? Hamburgers all day. Okay. Can or bottle? Bottle. Uh, cake or pie? <laughs> Uh, my answer is neither. I just don't like either one. Uh, but, yeah. um, I, I guess cake, I don't know. I, I really see, see there's where you're wrong and I'll tell you why. Okay. <laughs> I can interject. Yeah. Uh, not so you have $10 and yeah. I say, go to the grocery store and buy the best $10 cake you can buy and buy the best $10 pie. You can buy the pie is always going to be much better, much better, much more flavor. I, I would have to hundred percent believe you. I don't like either one. All right, uh, SKUCon or SKU Camp? Mm, I'm gonna go SKU Camp. I really like the immersive piece of that. Okay, Coke or the Pepsi? Pepsi all day, every Ugh. day. 
nope nope too sweet <laughs> hardcover book or audiobook who i love a hardcover book but i i think if i'm being honest i'm listening to more audiobooks these days okay uh boxers or briefs uh is it boxer briefs yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Okay, yeah. uh, ASI or PPAI? I'm kidding. He's not answering that, folks. We don't do that game here. But I tell you what we do appreciate is the fact that we understand, and so does our pal, uh, or so do our pals of Blue Generation, they understand that clients are not just seeking quality, value, and price. That's kind of a given. They also want customization. And with Blue Generation Sublimation, they can do that. Um, they have hoodies, collars, pockets, pillows, drawstrings, all these wonderful things to make fully customized products for you and your clients. You know you want to learn more. You know you need to learn more. You know you have to learn more, kids. So head over to uh, bluegeneration.com slash custom dash sublimated dash apparel. See all the amazing options there or simply reach out to your local Blue Generation rep for uh, more information. You're not going to be sorry you did, Kirby. I want to thank you for having the courage to brave the ice to go almost to your office and come back to <laughs> podcast with me this fine morning. It's fun, man.